Hi, y'all. My name is Diana Nicole Arafat. Initials is DNA. As we evolutionize this human species, let us begin this podcast. Thank you for having me, Arsh. Yeah, anytime. Uh, excited to see where the conversation goes. And, you know, we can even start with some of the things we discussed on the phone before this. Of course. Um, things that you're passionate about, um, causes that you are interested in, you know, I guess exposing others about and, and, and the stuff you're passionate about in general. So if you want to do a quick sort of summary of, you know, what you're interested in right now, you're writing a book as well, and just who you are and what you're passionate about. Of course. So I'm writing a book called Awakening Authenticity. This resembles me coming into my true essence and realizing who I am as a person, where I've gone wrong in the past, and how I'm making it right. I am passionate about mental health because without this stable foundation in mind, you can't really do anything. You can't attain the physical aspects you desire, yet you can imagine it, but you're not able to physically grasp it until you have the foundations set. So what is authenticity then for you? Authenticity is being your true vulnerable self and having to accept everything that is and Really, it's just being unapologetic about who you really are and acknowledging your realness, your rawness, your your soul's essence in a way. I think it's more it's most prevalent as a child. I think you're you're but but you're not aware enough to grasp it and hold on to it. And then in retrospect you see elements of things that you were interested in as a child that you've still carried onto your adulthood or as you get older and I think that's like most people's closest connection to authenticity is mm-hmm. what was I interested in when I was a kid that I was doing when I didn't care about what people thought about me doing this or I didn't care about the fruits of whatever it is Precisely. whatever pursuit that it's I was like you were for your spirit back then and you weren't able to perceive the judgment of others or you weren't worried about it maybe you were unaware and that's something that we have to actually be able to tap into as we adult um there's no like wrong way or right way to have a body to use your body and express yourself yet people do like to judge or have their own opinion and make others feel belittled and that's something that's actually very wrong with society nowadays people are so close-minded to how people are expressing their creative um lifestyle basically and as we let go of this egotistical perspective you're able to tap into your heart spaces where your inner child shines and you should never ever um, try to quiet that down you should always want to heal your inner child Mm -hmm. because as you heal that you heal your lineage you will heal your past and present and the future so when you tap into that inner child and you create with them, that's you being playful, that's you being becoming mindful of everything that is accumulated from past, present, and future, like I said right. before. I think the foundation is often, for lack of a better term, stepped on and used as a stepping stone to, to enter whatever, you know, it, it, it's essentially like you 
recognize that you step over it to do the things that you think you should be doing in the moment based on trends based on influences in sort of a smaller time frame than you know just your childhood mm -hmm. you kind of like forget the the foundation of who you are when you were a child you up on the inside yeah and then you just start gravitating towards things that you think are a natural part of your it's evolution. It's like monkey see, monkey do. You see someone else do it, you they think they're having fun, or maybe they're really enjoying themselves in the moment, so you try it. Yeah. And that's something our day and age has gotten into a lot. Influencers, like people see influencers doing one thing, and they copy it play by play. That's mm -hmm. what I think we need to tweak a little. That's what I love when I see other influencers adding their own flair to things. That's like their form of expressing themselves in a more authentic way precisely but it's still hard because i think everything is a remix and you were saying you like remixing songs yeah i think everything in life is just a remix we're all just pulling from past ideas which could that's be... one of the key things we have to learn though to not repeat the past as we have been doing in humanity for too long right. the cycle of insanity which is repeating the same thing over and over again and thinking we're going to get a different outcome, which is where we pull in the whole world's affairs at this point. And we see humanity is not truly evolving at its core, for we are actually now having an open wound where things are just gushing out and we're adding to that. We're not healing the core because we are still acting as uncivilized beings at a global scale because we do not need to fight and bash our neighbors mm -hmm. as things have been happening, happen to happen, but we could negotiably, diplomatically, peacefully talk things out, meet at the table and discuss like civil beings we are. Do you think it's possible? I 100% think it's possible. Humans can let go of their egos and their desire to be have appreciated, power. which is uh, stems from wanting power in a way. I think it all just, at the end of it, it just points to wanting to be appreciated for whatever, recognized. And like, do you think it's possible for people in positions of power to see past that and actually do some good? I 100% believe that with like my whole heart, my whole body, like everything in existence that we could get past our egos, our minds, quiet that down to tap into our heart spaces and listen to that. What is your heart telling you? It's telling you to yoke everything, which is everyone's lives. Mm -hmm. It's telling you your life is just as valuable as my life. What makes you more powered or privileged than me? Absolutely nothing. Because one human life is just as valuable as another human life. I think that's a good perspective because it's rational. Like. Mm -hmm. You, it's hard to put a value on something we don't understand. Precisely. We don't understand why we're here, and we don't understand what the meaning of this is. And I guess most people's interpretations well, are you create your own meaning, right? The you meaning assign of life, your own like meaning. as a human kind of species, is to our ultimate mission is to have peace on Earth, to be able to sustain all humanity, to evolve us. Is from, it though? Do you think it's the ultimate mission? Do you think they're do you think that we would be put here on this planet to destroy it or to create it into a, like a utopian civilization? I mean, I, if I had to guess, see, it's a wild guess because you're assuming the person that created this. The person. So you think a person created us or a the person, higher or entity, power? or being, whatever. 
the source whatever energy. human terminology you want to apply to some to the to to the entity or, or let's call it x variable the right we don't know what the variable is we can't define the variable because x, we haven't okay. solved for x yet so let's call it x whatever x is if you assign your own sort of paths of thinking to x then you're humanizing x because you're saying they would also or whatever x would also value let's just call this higher power god for right now since it's like multi like interpreted throughout all human right. consciousness that's what I said. yeah that's i figured um so say god put humans on earth to create a sustainable environment that we can thrive in isn't mm -hmm. that the ultimate goal of living to thrive to feel good like god gave us these physical bodies so we may have all these emotions that come up to feel them and to have sensations and to experience absolutely everything it means to be human from bad to good and from point a to point b we have to be able to see where we're going and he does not want us to throw away this planet he right. um the higher power so that actually kind of taps into why i want to introduce my name diana nicole arafat arafat my last name translated from arabic to english means the one that knows and nicole means victorious diana means divine so i'm the divine victorious one that knows and um my first name diana also in sanskrit um they have yoga mm -hmm. and the seventh step of yoga is meditation right. so when you are able to detach from all your senses and transcend into this enlightenment phase that is meditation you become aware of this higher connection that is interconnected to absolutely everything it is entangled in everything and that's where science steps in this past year the nobel prize in physics was awarded for allowing us to realize that we are all entangled in each other our awareness our um, is it collective consciousness? Collective consciousness, yes. Exactly. It all streams into one. Imagine like there's a thread from your head mm. pulling you into the heavens and that everyone else's as well, whether you're alive or dead. Oh, wow. Talk more about that. What was the study or what was the award particularly for? So um, basically an atom at one side of the universe can affect an atom at the opposite side of the universe. Jeez, what? So, yeah. So it's like I like to think of it as a ripple effect. Or like the mandala effect, you know, you just put it out there and it goes, ripples into everything. Butterfly. The butterfly effect as well, like, yeah. And that's what I feel like I'm going through myself personally, a metamorphosis. Mm -hmm. I'm coming out of a little cocoon. I've been hiding myself in, like, dealing with my shadow and um, basically just brainstorming about how I'd like to perceive this world and the vision that I want to create for everyone. Because I've seen... Uh, the what we call the holy war which I don't believe those two words should be put together honestly because right. there's nothing holy about fighting it's um, unless you're the one fighting for a cause that you consider holy I which mean once you put the word God told the sentence God told me to do this into anything you take the rational discussion out of anyone's you like you can't because they're like that's someone's beliefs that's someone's right like you know I mean, just war and conflict in general is like, 
It's well, fascinating because it's more of an economical factor rather than a ecological thing. So, is it driven? What What do you think it's driven by then? The holy war. Just war in general. War in general. Power. Power. People wanting power to be put in charge. I think differences in belief and just the passionate, you know, just defending your beliefs passionately to the point where you're willing to get into physical combat and. I think it's just um, it's just a characteristic or a byproduct of being human, in my opinion. Unfortunately, not not, yeah, not saying know, that in a, I, in a good way. I agree. That's why I just had to take a, like a breath right there for us, because unfortunately, that's how some humans perceive it—that we have to battle one another for resources that we've all been given, and it's not the way it's meant to be, and it's not forever. Like, nothing's permanent in life. Like, these physical bodies, we come and go. And as we're able to realize that every moment is a gift, like, in everything as well, mm -hmm. you have this realization that it's not even ours to begin with. So no, why are we really fighting over it when we could be sharing it and harnessing everything together rather than destroying it and rebuilding it? Why don't we reconstruct in general rather than destroying anything? I agree with you. We can savage what's left still. I mean, we have enough resources. Um, this planet's absolutely beautiful. It's abundant. Right now, she's screaming, though, this planet, the Earth. So the Earth has a spirit. Her name is Gaia. She goes by Pachamama in indigenous cultures. Mm -hmm. And right now, as you have, I don't know if you've seen in the news recently, there's been about three or four volcanoes erupt in the past like month or two. Yeah. And that's, imagine that. Imagine the Earth as a human body. Those are cysts erupting, basically, or something. Like, she's sick, saying, y'all need to nurture me. Y'all have already diseased me, and I'm the one that heals y'all. So as she heals us, we have to heal her, too. Where do you think you built this way of thinking? Like, where do you think, what influenced this way of thinking in For your me? life? Yeah. Personally, just through experience. Like, I've met some shamans before, and I've gone to um, different types of ceremonies, and we have recollected our ancestral roots. And as we do this, we're able to remember where we really come from. And these are sacred things that have always been close to our hearts, and we have never. Uh, that's why people are so in tune in like indigenous cultures. They are not manipulated by the news or brainwashed by media, and they live through being a free spirit. Because mm. when you do that, you're able to have the. We're good. It's just it's just free ambient noise. It's free background you know, noise. They say Copyright when, um, free. When it rains, you got to blame the shaman. Right, and <laughs> you, you And as shamans, I don't know if you know, those are just ancient, like wise healers, like right. people that are able to tap into source. Tap Have you into. explored your lineage? You, do you know what your so my mother was actually adopted? My siblings, I don't know if they know. Surprise. Um, For yourself, did you have any like clues? My father's lineage is Palestinian roots. Okay. So, and the Palestinian roots run deep, deep, very deep in this planet. Um, 
I don't know if you know Jesus was a Palestinian. I was not aware. Okay. Well, the Palestinian roots were very in-depth in peace. Yet, the past about 100-ish years, they have not been portrayed as they really are. Or they have been attempted to be ethically cleansed from the Israelis. And that is the most inhumane thing I, we have seen since World War II. Um, as well as it happening in other parts of the world right now. And it's just baffling to the human mind. Like, why can't we set aside these differences when we're all so closely linked in heritage? If you really want to take a step back and look at the broad picture. Mm -hmm. Is that what the conflict is right now in Palestine? Um, it's more of a territorial and religious war because, like I said, when they, they say God tells them to do this mm. and they could perceive this as, they talk about their God as Yahweh, Yahweh, <clears throat> and that is the Jewish God. Okay. Or, I'm not an expert Jesus on this, so, anyway. Um, I'm not either, that's why I'm letting you talk. So I find myself saying um when I really want to meditate. Because like if you switch the U to the M, the O, you get the OM, mm. which is the sacred sound of the universe. Anyway, back to your question. I think it's more of, honestly, I don't really know because I don't agree with the war issue. I, I'm more of a strong belief that we will have peace one day of a in one way or another. So I can't really vouch for them. Like I can't, I can't explain their point of view because I don't agree with it. Because right. they believe violence and corruption and manipulating the people is a form of getting their way, then I absolutely, I, I gotta take a step back because like I can't meet them at that table if they are gonna lie to the people about what's going on. Yeah, it's unfortunate that you can get lost in what you think is passion and nationalism to an extent and just fighting for something. But I think you could boil that down to just finding meaning, right? A sense of meaning. Plenty of people that fight or actually go out and um, do horrible things, those people don't really have meaning in life otherwise. You're right. I think a lot of people are just kind of told what to do and they mm -hmm. follow those orders because they think that's their meaning in life when the reality is, I hate to say it like this, but we have a lot of stupid fucks running around, meaning people have not intentionally made love and given birth to a child with you know, passion. And these kids, they have absolutely no idea what to do on earth, so they're like, people in power see an advantage, so they Use them they as pawns, basically. They literally brainwash people. And it's literally the most heartbreaking thing to see. And like, Because imagine there's this blank slate as a kid. And you're able to tap into them and say, go create something beautiful. And then they go create this beautiful masterpiece of art. And that's that's what it's supposed to be about. Not, hey, go go do this and, you know. Go do my dirty work because yeah, I want this kind of a life because of the beliefs that I learned when I was a kid. Yeah. Because I didn't think for myself. It's like people in power that promote these things and lead armies or lead these, you know, attacks on each other. They really, truly 
just have a completely different perspective on what reality is. And that's why I love when astronauts come back down to Earth and say, I want to drag every fucking politician up there and show them our planet and say, this is, what you, this, this is where we live. And you're fighting over territories and borders that you can't even see from space. That are made up. Exactly. And it's like unfortunate how I'd imagine at some point in life in our evolutionary history, humans work together work together but at the end of the day like every instance has examples of conflict which is mm -hmm. so fucking unfortunate it's the survival of the fittest trying to tap into us like different are, species intermingling and killing off a whole subset of species because of that crazy and like we've always had this instinct to protect but this instinct to protect is supposed to be to protect the earth, the resources, and our loved ones. But this love needs to extend beyond our nuclear family into our extended family. And that is truly how you extend the olive branch. You extend right. it to strangers because this love is unconditional. It's limitless. It's boundless. It, it goes forever. Do you think you have to feel love for yourself to be able to give it forward? Absolutely. You have to fill up your own cup before we're filling up another person's. And have you had instances in your life where you've maybe not felt the best about yourself or towards yourself? Actually, so, yes. how have you gotten out of it? So this actually brings up a very vulnerable topic. Um, about 10 years ago, I had a suicide attempt. I drank poison and it burned off my entire esophagus. To this day, I'm unable to eat or drink anything. I can't swallow whatsoever, so I nonchalantly always carry a bottle around and spit and it because the damage I did by drinking poison eroded a majority of my digestive system. I was hospitalized for four months and it's actually significantly impacted the whole wide world. For about eight years, I was completely oblivious to everything. Like I was like, no way my little incident impacted everyone in the whole world. Um, in 2020, I began to, what I like to say is wake up. And I became aware to uh, how detrimental and how significant it was, not to just my, my body, but the whole world. Like, I believe I may have set us back in our evolution oh, as a collective. And that's, I'm, I'm right now speaking up to take full responsibility. So in the future, we have the ability to quantum leap rather than set us back. Now that I am discussing it and collaborating with you about this topic and the significance about how important mental health is, mm -hmm. I hope this is the chance for us to step into a new earth, right. for us to elevate to the frequency of love and no longer degrade human life, not just one, but all. It's an yeah. all-for-one type of thinking. No, it's it's great to see that you're still here, and it's unfortunate to hear that that's what you you know got the point that you got to. Well, looking back at it, I was having panic attacks, and I didn't understand why. And I began to do spiritual studies after this incident, and it took me a little while to wrap my head around everything. And some days are better than others. And that's how the healing process goes. It's like a heartbeat. You know how the heart on a monitor, it goes yeah. like up and down, up and down. That's how healing goes. I agree um, with you. I think it's really, really difficult and challenging to 
to be a human being, especially in this day and age where yes, we have in an social media, we have technology, we have all these things that are already trying to work with us, but our mind has to be the first thing that works with you for everything to flow and to manifestation. Yeah, if you if you reality. wake up and you're and you're not in control of your brain and how you view the world and your reality. If that's you don't rule one. your mind, it rules you. And that's that where that you. subconscious taps in. Exactly, and the subconscious is a distorted conglomerate of all the shit you consume and the interactions you have and the things you see and perceive but don't actively perceive, so it gets stored and then your brain assigns its own interpretation in the back of your mind and then it just puts it in the forefront and you're like, what? do I think that? Do I actually believe that? And you just go with it because you think like, I mean, we're all attached to our way of thinking. That's the biggest problem and that we all have as well. that's why your meditation detachment is key. Viewing your thoughts objectively without Viewing your own biases. rather than letting them critique you. Right. Yeah. It's hard, but I've never, like, done serious meditation. Uh, but I'd be curious to hear, you know, what, what role meditation plays in your life and, like, how you got started and stuff. Okay, so I got started because I couldn't get the mind chatter to stop. And once I actually began, I began through apps, like there was Headspace, Daily Ohm. I went through various apps to find my meditation. Now, sometimes I'll just put some binaural beats on and I'll just quiet my mind and meditate. Basically, it just kind of lets you become still in the, the, your inner world and once the mind quiets, you're able to sometimes receive downloads, or you're able to just tap into your your peace. And once you tap into it enough, it just becomes like a way of life. Do you feel that there is, do you ever feel like you're moving along with life like too fast? Or have you felt that in the past where everything yeah, seems like you're going really, really fast? Yeah, in the past, I feel like I used to try to control everything. So I was like, let's try and do this. And I did feel like I was going way too quick to try and get where I want. Like, I wanted to jump off the deep end, basically. And that's kind of what happened. And I had not like a breakdown, but like it was like I just had to slow down to break through. Does that make sense? Yeah. But I meant just your everyday reality. Like, for me, I work a significant amount, like, significant percentage of my day is just devoted to working on mm -hmm. things, and I feel like I'm always moving really fast. Right. I'm constantly working, I'm, you know, finding time to go to the gym because I enjoy it, and spend time with people I love, and that's about it. Yeah. But I feel like the, the narrative is, visual narrative, I guess, is, like, too fast. There's, there's, there's so much space that you can find through meditation and through just fitness in general is yeah. where you can kind of slow down and realize like there's no rush. You don't have to rush into things or you don't have to rush towards anything. Life is just gonna go on regardless. Like Precisely. your timeline and your speed of existence is not necessarily right. I think the natural frequency is much slower. Right. That's just how I feel intuitively. I don't. Know yeah, it's good it to is. slow down and always be present in the moment because that's yeah. where mindfulness comes in. Right. And as you're aware and present in the moment, you just are able to surrender and tap into 
like absolutely like the, the flow do you feel anxiety I used to suffer from a great deal amount of anxiety and that actually is when I felt like I was moving too wanted to move too quick I didn't uh, let it go for a long time and I would just weigh me down rather than help of anything and that's why I learned how to meditate that's actually how I began to meditate because I was like always worried about everything I didn't know how to cope with my medical condition for the longest time actually and um, while I learned uh, different forms of healing mechanisms it became second nature everything from uh, living life with an implanted feeding tube on my stomach to having to literally spit everything out of my mouth and just act nonchalant about it and it's like it is what it is and the acceptance of it has brought me to post-traumatic growth opportunities and with these expansion uh, happening like it's just like the world is just waiting for me to create with everyone now it's like there's no Limitations. Wrong way to have a body. Huh? No Sorry. limitations, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I think a lot of that also has to do with acceptance and judgment mm-hmm. and those are those are interesting lines to tread, I guess, because it depends on who you're interacting with and what their tolerance to acceptance is. Yeah. I think there are a lot of creative people and I meet a lot of creative people that are stubborn and exist in a bubble and don't welcome people outside of that bubble. And I feel like I have, for me personally, developed the ability to go in and out of that bubble. So I can retain my authentic self, which is not, um, you know, I'm not not gonna generalize in a negative way what what I'm, you know, not, but I'll say what I am. Like, I'm just a curious person who likes to think and have conversations and as I know it should how be for all. I, exactly. Like we, we should naturally wonder. We should naturally go into is. everything with an open mind. Absolutely. When you go in with a broad mindset, everything is possible. But then the rigidity of, or the stubbornness rather, kicks in when you've been rewarded for being a certain way, or you see other people get rewarded for being a certain way, and you try to mimic them, and then you see like elements of that reward, and you continue down that path. It's like a hamster on a wheel. You're like. If I run fast enough, somebody on the outside is going to look at me and appreciate me just the way they do this other hamster. But you don't realize you're not supposed to be on a wheel. You're supposed to be free and like exactly. run around anywhere you want. It's like the habit loop in the, sub, in the unconscious, actually. Yeah. Because once you break free from that habit, you're able to explore new vistas. And it's easy to get stuck, right? Yeah. It's like even, even in this, even Especially in the way you, you think age. now. Even in the way you and I think now, it could be easy to get stuck and think, well, I've developed the ability to interpret this world, and I think this is the correct way. So, how do you personally? It's a closed mind, right there, though. Right, but how do you? And and we, you know, you'd be surprised how many people actually operate like that. It's like one. No, I'm not surprised. That's the sad thing about the human species right now is that they get locked into this way of perceiving, and then they don't want to open their mind again. Yeah. It's like you're just limiting yourself. You like, don't you have an imagination? You want to you know, seek with. Right. I mean, everything around us was in somebody's head. Right, yeah. That's the craziest thing to me. I believe that our thoughts are actually projected as stars into the universe somewhere. Like, we all have our own little galaxies going on in our head. And as you 
think more and more, the universe consciously expands. That's, that a, that's an interesting We're all made theory. of stardust. We are made of stardust. I don't know. This whole thing is fascinating. Yeah. It's just, and I, I feel like, I feel like I'm, again, like I said, in and out of the bubble. I exist in a world where these things are not brought up. Nobody talks about this. Sometimes I sound crazy when I say like, Sometimes you got to be the crazy one to make a difference, though. But I also know how to fit that mold and like work, you know, full time, and and you I know, know how, how to shape shift into the I mold. I know how to make so money. Make like it. I know how to talk to investors. I know how to talk to certain kind of people. And, and network. And all of those things, but this natural curiosity and fascination is truly at the core of who I am, and it only comes out when I do podcasts, which is why I love doing them. Because mm. I can actually be who I am, and I think I see your point of wanting to create and collaborate because you yeah. get to be yourself, yeah. and you get to share it out in the world. And I yeah. think it's a beautiful thing. I feel like I've done my best collaborations when no one's recording, though. <laughs> we we all have. <laughs> so I'm it's getting the used to on being on camera and being recorded now, so everything can just flow out. But sometimes I feel that spirit moves best through us when we're not being recorded. It really does. The spirit knows when we're recording. But this doesn't feel like, like we're recording. I used recording. to guide meditations at the beginning of ceremonies, and no one told me one night we were recording, and I was like, something seemed off. The next day, they're like, we recorded last night. I was like, and then we didn't record that night, and I was like, I think I took them to another part of this universe, and it was just something beautiful. I think we should all continue documenting as much as possible. Yes, I think that's what we need to do with our technology. We need to have our evidence of how we have grown through our adversities and we're able to overcome our differences and connect and create a new culture, a yeah. new society that has unison of all around it's the world. Longer, not just one way of thinking, right? No, it's, everyone's perspective is welcome as long as it is, you know, coming down to a peaceful, loving, like to humankind. I believe that this generation is the time for humanity to evolve into humankind, to drop the ego into the heart space so that we're able to, you know, actually get somewhere with negotiating peaceful topics at a worldwide view. Absolutely. And I think we are going towards that conglomerate of everybody having access to everybody's thoughts and perspectives and pulling certain elements from each person's way of speaking, way of dressing, way of thinking, looking, mm -hmm. etc. But the bell curve is still skewed in the in the in a negative direction, if that makes sense. It's still yeah, like you want to look at this at a statistical approach. We're not yet at the peak, but we're climbing that mountain. And once we reach that peak, it'll all be nice and flowing downhill from there. But that peak is. I want to look like a certain person so I can have money, go to clubs, wear the Rolexes. Like that's that's, that's the your perception right now. of money, maybe. That's my perception of our culture at the moment. Of our culture, yes. Okay, then. Our cultural values see, at this moment. We may are become a little too materialistic as we yeah. see all these images online. We see things we think we want, but once we get them, we're like, well, isn't less really more? Because we've over the years, we just accumulate all this clutter and it's kind of like what you do with your m mental aspect as well yeah. you just hold on to these memories and all these thoughts 
and these thoughts can sometimes become things and it's, it's funny we just talked baggage. about this on this previous episode it was like um how we declutter physically we have to mentally declutter That's by meditation comes up. it's like sweeping out the the old thoughts or the things that no longer serve us that yeah. can either be you know mental or physical and sometimes it it, it, maybe, maybe collectively we're coming into a belief system that doesn't hold on to the past anymore. Because mm-hmm. what would imagine us letting go of all that and tapping into the future, where we all are working hand by hand, like one by one, not divide it because that's how we have fallen in the past, but unite it, and then we all start flying together. Because we're made to roam everywhere in the world. Yeah. and then return home, which is what we're supposed to do. But some people are no longer able to return home because they have been ripped from their their places. Essentially, yeah. I think the introduction of money has been a large contributor or contributing to I mean, imagine way we've balancing the economy with the ecosystem. Isn't that our ultimate goal as human, like a human species? I mean, we want, we want the planet to sustain us as we sustain her though but on what timeline are we viewing this because eventually we have to view it in day like right now eventually it is going to you know uh, dissipate into nothingness and that's why elon's building rockets to go to mars and and the moon so he's thinking on a very very large time scale yeah because we are going to become a multi-planetary species regardless and we already know this is a fact and i'm really excited for that to be quite honest yeah and the argument is that why not fix the problems on earth and then move us there so I guess but is he too far ahead in his thinking, or is no, he not just pre? He's being real proactive. He, exactly, being proactive. He's taking initiative to get us to where we're going to be partially, because not everyone's going to be moving there. And right. you know, we go to Mars. What resources are we taking? We're taking them from here. And they want to colonize the moon possibly as well. Yet, do you think we'll be able to colonize Mars or the moon if we? deteriorate earth absolutely not i see your point we need earth like as a home base forces to yeah. go and come there back because if we don't have our home base we can't replenish our exactly. resources but right if we don't no you're correct yeah so but eventually the goal is to have resources similar to earth's on mars the moon and other planets so you don't have to come back so you can only move in one direction which is forward and explore as much as possible mm-hmm. which i think is kind of Ideal. a cute way of thinking you have some semblance of what the size of the universe is like yeah we're moving forward and we're moving in in a direction of exploration but this universe is so massive that you could do you know what I'm saying? It's like forever you forward unfolding. Like, it's like forever expanding, though. Yeah. That's the thing. Are we meant to understand? I think we... I think we are actually... We actually pretty much understand, but we want to understand more. I think at this point, the new thing is understanding. You know? I like that. It's like once you come to acceptance with everything that is, you kind of just open a door for everything that could be to... Because, like, with technology advancing, and us as well, like, imagine, like, Elon's dream, it's going to come true. It's not a dream. It's a vision. But the planet's dream is to have a sustainable society with the economy thriving, with, but most importantly, 
the ecosystem thriving like that's number one because like imagine we didn't tear down all those rainforests how better the air quality would be imagine we we maybe wouldn't have such a brutal arctic blast last week you know all these things could be different like we wouldn't have had earthquakes too like that like the mother of mother earth would not just be screaming at us she would be yeah. yeah she wouldn't be erupting she would be nurturing us and we'd also be but she's telling us humans to get our shit together i hear you i think on a smaller scale just pollution in general and i don't know i think the argument again there is that some of these things are natural and the scale of these things occurring is so large that we are experiencing what is quote-unquote normal and we're trying to solve for something so natural and so out of our control that it's a waste of time and resources and then the second argument is the cost of innovation is introducing elements into the into the planet that we're how do I say this? It's like manipulating the frequency of the the planet, the ecosystems. It's kind so of the just planet like does actually have a frequency. Okay, now you're getting into politics, kind of. No, no, no. I'm saying the cost of innovation. So the cost of innovation. The cost of innovation is we're going to stir the to do this, we're going to stir the pot. Basically, we're going to rock the boat. That's what we do in Houston because we are like the mixing pot of America. But we're rocking the boat essentially. It's like we came when we were. Our ancestors, the cavemen, let's start there, they weren't emitting as much pollution in the environment. They weren't destroying much the ecosystem. Much to any. I think they are very uh, they use everything they, but yes, they, they are very yeah. stuff like that. But fast forward to us, we have laptops, we have cars, we have all these things. We've rocked the boat. We also have a lot of trash. With a tremendous amount of yeah. trash. We've rocked the boat essentially, right? We've no, we've already gone overboard. <laughs> we're we're in Shit's Creek. But that's the thing. Like, do you think we really are, or do you think on a large enough time frame it balances out? It'll only balance out if we do more justice and more good in the future. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like for the past hundred years, people have been not only poisoning the earth but poisoning their bodies through different pharmaceutical things, through, um, you know, eating products that are not healthy for the body, too. Like, I just think we need to re-educate the people on nutritional factors and and how to be, like, have a green thumb and how to, like, truly do the work that we're supposed to be, like, like the indigenous tribes did. What do you think of hunting do. then? Hunting? If you like to eat meat, I, you know, I believe if you're going to eat meat, you shouldn't eat an animal that's been stressed out because you put those hormones in your body. So, personally, I've never hunted. Um, yet, but if you're going to eat meat, I believe the animal should not been, had not, should not have been put in stressful factors. So you should hunt if you want to eat meat. Or are you saying you should not? I'm a vegan, so... Oh, you are? Okay. I'm on an all-plant-based diet, actually, recently, pretty new. Because I have a feeding tube, so I don't eat meat. But, um... Wait, how does that work? I think animals should be free. 
animals yeah. should be free to roam the earth without having us just come like this was their weapons. habitat first before we came along no i agree with you but i think you're kind of like looking at best case scenario in an already worst case scenario best case scenario would be you actually hunt the animal you eat and use every aspect of the yeah. animal's body yeah. and and you do it in a sustainable way when you fund like you, the purchase of tags when you when you buy tags to kill animals you're okay. you're funding the uh, you're, you're, you're helping fund the preservation of their, their ecosystem. Yeah. I mean, I definitely wouldn't hunt anything that's near extinction Absolutely, or anything yeah. like that. And I would definitely pray over it, like, you know, like do it with intention. I believe whatever yeah. you do uh, has to have a significant intention. And if you do it for good, like to feed your family, then of course. But if you're doing it to... I don't like how we have, like, slaughterhouses and stuff like that. Yeah, see, I agree with you. Like, that that's is... That's just so... Un like not barbaric but like so you can't inhumane. say inhumane you can't I can't say inhumane because <laughs> it's like it's animalistic behavior but like, animalistic like I just I'm not a fan of it and I did FFA in high school I raised oh, animals no. to get slaughtered did you but, know what happens to them at the end yes but I gave them all the love I could you gave them all to what all the love I could oh okay gotcha I was uh dating I think my first girlfriend in this country I moved from India when I was 12, and oh, cool. I didn't know about FFA or any of the stuff. Um, not FFA, FAA? FFA, 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 like Future Farmers of America. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Okay, so. I did it for four years. <laughs> I was dating this girl, and she raised a lamb, and I was shocked to see what happens at the end. That really, Honestly, like, broke like, my heart, because I know how much love this girl had for that animal it's like your first child and how much effort she put in and just every day i think it was like multiple times a week rather after school and it was just it, it kind of opened my eyes in terms of wait a minute this is how people get fed this is how we go to the grocery store and that's always the proper have way available. to slaughter an animal though because like it's not kept in a barn it's kept in a barn and you're giving it tender love and care and you're nurturing it yeah rather than having it in a, you know, like, like what they do with veil. They, Super they stressful it, environment. Yeah, they have it in a little closed off thing where it can't walk or anything so you can have tender meat. That's so selfish for humans to do. Yeah. It sucks. No, we're, we're but, very creative as a species. We have a lot of, we have a lot of natural tendencies that you know, allow us to No, I take it back. I'm not even a big fan of guns, honestly. Like, so if it was up to me, like, you'll reach a bow and arrow and shoot one. <laughs> I think bow fighting with bow and arrows and swords is like the most noble way to fight. Because again, in the past, like it's technological it's innovation advantage. that comes in and allows people to have an advantage. And then, if you look at the time scale associated with technological advantage, you're gonna have discrepancies, which is gonna lead to further conflict in the future because people feel oppressed. And it's just like. Hey, if you and I start on the same level, or at the same level, we start at level zero, and you and I both have to go, we have like, let's train. say 45 minutes, we have to go train, okay, I can't say 45 minutes and train then. Let's say you have like a 10 year scale, and you have to go train and be in the woods, and you're in the same environment. Mm -hmm. At the end of it, it's gonna come down to who was more motivated, who was more essentially disciplined. more disciplined, driven, focused, 
and all those human elements of you right. know variabilities. Like if you find a bush with berries, you could just sit there all day and eat, or you could ration and save and have nutrients for after you're done training the next day. Berries like go rotten though. They do go rotten, so I mean. You just gotta remember where the bush is. The point is, like, you wanna if you create discrepancies or disadvantages. What am I saying? If you Why create go hunt variance, when you could plant a tree and not eat forever? Good one, right? <laughs> you plant a tree, you can eat forever, but okay, we need what? protein. We need animal no, protein. No, you can live off of fruit and, fruit and vegetables. It's Okay, you can live off fruit yeah. and vegetables. But Prime example right here. But our brains developed to this point because of animal protein. I'm not a scientist, so that's not confirmed. But I have heard I that. I don't know the evidence on this one, so I can't debate it. But I, I, I'm, I'm serious. Like There is some significant evidence that I've at least heard about and looked into a little bit. Yeah, this that is a nice strong protein, topic because I do love meat as a person, but I'm unable to digest it or eat it. So. so you're, okay, so you're vegan, not by choice then? 100%, yeah. So you would eat meat if you could? Yeah. Okay. Like yeah, give me so a kept a sandwich or a shawarma sandwich or something like that. Like, so how does your uh, tube work? Like, okay, so um, I don't have an esophagus, which is the, one of the first digestive uh, organs. Mm -hmm. So it kind of just breaks down the food. But so my tube is implanted right here, and I've had it for about ten years. So everything I intake, whether it be water, um, protein shakes, is what I live off of. It goes all through my feeding tube on my stomach. You and if I want to experiment with things, it all goes through the tube. So you put food... All through here, yeah. It's right here. Yeah. You have to put the food in the tube. Yeah, with like a syringe. Like, you know those syringes people take shots with? Yeah. I take... Like food. the big I, ones, yeah, right? 60 millimeters. Milliliters. No, that's a, that's a different thing. That's a gastron... That's a bag that people... I know what you're thinking I of. think that's for the out, that's output. What, it's a tube right here. It's like a G-tube. Yeah. I could flex my stomach if you want. <laughs> um, so you have been on that for 10 years. About. It's coming up 10 years in um, April. Do you... Wait, so you don't, like, taste food? So anything that goes in my mouth has to come right back out or I will kind of, like, choke. So I'm coming to terms with the fact that I'm only going to have to taste two meals a year. And that's going to be Thanksgiving dinner and Christmas dinner. Because, like, you know, there's healing and flavor. So, so. You, that, those, those are the only times you I'm risk going to, it, yeah. I will, and it's not a risk because I can easily do that. Like, I can easily cough anything up. And I'm, like, a master of my body because I do yoga and things like that. So I'm aware if I'm going to choke or if I need to be resuscitated or something like that. That's never happened. But um, uh, I'm just very blessed to have a very physically healthy body still, honestly. Like, I know it's such a different way of living, but I'm still really healthy. And honestly, think about it this way. You know how people, when they go to negotiate topics, they're always like, we have to eat before or after we talk mm -hmm. to have a peaceful conversation? Right. Well, what if we take food all out of, like, out of the equation completely? Oh, did we just quantum leap as a human species? Because everyone eats... Minus one, but <laughs> minus one. I like fasting for that reason. Yeah, I've actually gone into intermediate that. fasting lately, and it's kind of 
it's really helpful. It's like you just don't have to worry about eating or when you're going to eat because you already know. And it's like I've been meal prepped for life. So right. it's like I double think, standards. <laughs> I think with fasting, you really like tap into your primitive self, well, natural to self. Get into the spiritual aspect of all this, I believe that God sees the whole picture, right? From the beginning to the end. And as he sees it, um, so we had the Bible written first or like broken down first. And then Muhammad revealed his revelations, right? And he had the revelation that we have to fast, right? Um, personally, I'm not Christian nor Muslim, by the way. I just want to put that out there. Um, but I do believe that all religions will come to one faith and lead us to God consciousness because that's supremely what they do. And so maybe God let Muhammad in on a revelation that, uh, you know, somewhere down the line, we're going to need to be expertise on fasting. And I think kind of like to put that and put myself in my shoes and like, hey, maybe it was for me to get over my relationship with food in the past because I used to want to be a cook. And now I'm like, well, can't really taste everything. So why not just use your mouth for public speaking and portray a more significant message to the people? And as we take food out of the equation, we have a whole new formula to rewrite human history for her story in the future because as we say the fem the future is female and um, we haven't had much uh, spiritual teachings since the the prophets and my last name Arafat is in the Quran you know when people go to Mecca to do their pilgrimage they stop at Mount Arafat and that's awesome well, one day you know it'd be cool if I was able to experience that myself my father did it a few times, though. Um, so he went to Mecca. Mm -hmm. That's so cool. Yeah. Would you go? I'm not Muslim, but I would, mind, just, but I would go. I would go just to see it. I think it's for the experience. It's fascinating when like yeah. everybody is. Because I've seen people get emotional over it. Yeah, I studied religion overseas, and I lived in Amman, Jordan, and I didn't. I honestly, when they asked me what religion are you, I didn't even know what religion was. <laughs> And when they asked me, are you Muslim or Christian? I was like, well, I guess I'm Muslim because I don't know the question. So I studied Islam over there. And when I studied the Quran in Arabic, I can just feel the peace like bathe over me. But then like, you said the future is female. Yeah. So what, what's, how do you interpret that? How do you, how do you study the Quran and believe the, the philosophy or the philosophies well, and then have that perspective you know in the Quran it says you must marry Muslim must marry Muslim right my mom's Christian my dad's Muslim primary example they're in love and they had babies we're here now um, so you don't believe everything you read in the Quran I'm not Muslim I am open-minded though to it got it I read the Bible too I my name is actually in the Bible too. I mean, she's queen of heaven, Diana. Um, I have very, I believe a little bit of everything, to be quite honest. If it's like rational and it can be explained and backed up, does that make sense? Yeah, so you, you, you seek the truth. Exactly. I'm, a, I'm no actually a life path from. seven, and life path sevens are seekers. So I'm not a seeker, I feel more I'm a seer. Observer? Yeah, I feel like. One day in 2020, before the pandemic, I wrote down 
like 25 years. So I was like, every year is gonna have a subject. I got pretty far in the future, but then I was like, how are we gonna get there? I got to 2022, I said, just put observe. Leave it all blank. You'll what? figure it out. <laughs> how do you observe? Do you think you're naturally an introverted person or do you think you have a sense of extroversion that you like talking mm, about? I'm pretty introverted, but I can be totally extroverted in the right environment. If right. not, I'm not gonna flourish. And, but if you put me in the right place, I'm going to shine my light. I hear you. I think that's a great way to like observe our species as I've always been a people watcher yeah. like take me anywhere and if I'm not talking to people I'm watching everything like you don't think I picked up that cue over there behind me yeah, I felt something so let's let's uh, talk a little bit about your book just to close this out um, when can we expect it and again what are you aiming to you know put out in the world through it I think it'll be done by April, by the day I had my suicide attempt, which was April 15th, 2013, so it'll be a decade since that. I think it'll be wrapped up in around March, the beginning of the Mayan calendar, the uh, March 21st, but I won't have it published until like that day of the suicide attempt. Does that make sense? Got it. And the vision for it is kind of just to restore our faith in humanity, to be able to get us from point A to B, so we are able to basically collaborate at a mass scale, and rather than degrade anyone else. Because it's a form of yoking the grand picture and presenting it. So it's, it starts off with like a poem, about the, all the constellations and it come, ties down to how we have to be come one and the realization that we've always always been one that there is no like in between but if you go in in between that's the gap that's the void that's the misdirection that's the lostness does that make sense yeah. that's where you get can get stuck and with this push forward in the book, it kind of just shines light on where we're actually moving as a collective, rather than where we like have begun. Because in the beginning there was darkness, and now we've evolved into the what we call the golden era. And this new age we're entering is going to save our species actually so there's a lot of hope and faith in this um so it's like grace from divinity awesome excited and looking forward to it i'll uh definitely check it out and i was gonna see if we wanna fuck okay that made it seem like we didn't have audio but anyway we're good on the we've, we've voice. Been good. I'm, I'm, I'm losing it. Okay. Yeah. Is the um, tricks on you? <laughs> it really is. It's been a, You see how it just stopped right there? I see. Did you see how it oh, stopped? Oh, it's glitching. So, there, you know what the Matrix is? Not the movie. Yes. Like the, the physical Matrix. Mm -hmm. It's like... For, okay, well, we're breaking it down right now. We're literally breaking down the Matrix. No, yeah, I know what you mean. The 
the statistical one. The grids. Yeah. But um, in, I think we should save that for another podcast, actually. Uh, I'm done. That was an hour.